All right, y'all. We are back for Comics Corner. We got a big day today. We are wrapping up the last 10 books of our journey into fucking Jerry Weist's 100 greatest comic books of all time. How have you felt so far about it? Well, it was a fun countdown. There was obviously a lot of really key books in there, but there was plenty of ones that I wasn't either A, super familiar with, or if I was familiar with them, I could just kind of care less. I totally agree. Like, I think we've said it a couple times on the show. These are more historical-based comics. I would love a way more heavy DC image, Marvel, Vertigo. Yeah. Well, Marvel has ranked their top 100. Yeah. And I, they put out like reissued uh, books, single issue stuff. Oh. That I, and I've read, all, I read a lot of those. I think they actually printed the twenty five of them. That's what I, I read. The top twenty five. The top twenty five. Yeah, which was sweet because these are old single issue books that you can't really get your hands it, on. You know? That is a nice thing about those books too. Is especially back then. I'm sure a lot of them that are pre probably, you know, in that seventies and before era. A lot of those are more simplified stories. Yeah. Not saying that they didn't have larger overarching things, but you could really just pick up one of those and be like, yeah, this is a standalone story. Oh yeah. And like I, if it weren't for those that Marvel top 100, I wouldn't have read a lot of these books that we've just gone over in this yeah. countdown. So, and it's nice. Cause when you read a collection like that too, it kind of makes it more palatable because it switches up books. So you're not just reading a bunch of old Spider-Man's in a row where that art style, we're so used to a more crisp and like high def version of yeah. the art that when you're reading like those older ones, sometimes it can get stale if you just keep going through it. Well, that's why I liked it. There was actually a lot more like modern books on there than I, than really? I thought. And two of them that stood out to me were like, uh, I think it was Spider-Man X or something. It was like early 2000s. Was it Spider-Man 2099? No, 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 no. It was like, it kind of had almost, which I'm usually not into, but it had sort of this like anime style to it. Interesting. Very, and, and um, yeah, oh my God, that's going to bug me. Cause, but anyways, it was like right around the time the Tobey Maguire movie was coming out. Gotcha. And they put out this new Spider-Man. I can't remember what it's called. I want to say like Spider-Man X or something like that, but I mean, Marvel's done so yeah. many books, but those too. ranked pretty high. And it was, and I read, I'm like, wow. And I remember reading them when I was a kid. Cause like, like I said, they came out around the same time as the movie. And that's when I was really into it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a good book. And then they did the same thing with X-Men. It was X-Men. They both had a name. Was it unlimited? Maybe it could or have been something like there that. There was an X-Men unlimited, but I think X-Men unlimited, like the, I want to say was a standalone like anthology type of series. Cause I remember collecting them for a minute and just realizing that I didn't need. Okay, it wasn't that then, but um, I'm gonna actually like, just Google it real quick. No, you're Google all. Machine in front yeah, of me. That's why we got but, the Google machine. But we can, uh, yeah. So, anyways, because of this countdown, you know, we, like you're saying, it is a, kind of a historical thing. That's why they selected some of the books they did, and I think a lot of that shows in like more of the Disney covers. There's a lot of Disney covers, and yeah. there's at least one more to be had in this top ten. And so, between like the artists that worked on that and how much those books are worth now, I think has a lot to do with how they ranked the books. Yeah, and like we were saying before, it not only is it historically important, but they've also just shaped a lot of the artists that are huge today and have created what comic books are now. Mm -hmm. Your Grant Morrison's and your Neil Adams, your Frank Miller's, all those people were reading these comics. So that's why it kind of is so important. It's your it's your favorite artist's favorite artist type shit. Right. Which is always like really cool to me. I always like that vibe. But sometimes it's if you're not super familiar, you just kind of like phase out and you can't figure it out. 
Okay, so real quick, I did find it. Thank God what for uh, thank God for Wikipedia. Was Spider-Man X come up? It wasn't. I haven't found the Spider-Man one yet, but the uh, X-Men I was talking about, and you should, you should check this out if you haven't. It's Ultimate X-Men. Oh, Ultimate X-Men is is it the one? So they kind of like Joss rebooted. Whedon? Ooh, I don't. I want to say Joss Whedon might have been the writer on the first run of x-men unlimited i feel like i would have seen that uh john casada was involved you know him yeah oh, i'm sorry joe joe casada joe casada yeah casada yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the cake well, right. I was a- um i don't uh i don't see joss whedon anywhere on here but it's yeah. really good you uh, look i mean they kind of reboot the characters a little bit and same thing it was right around the time when the, that new movie came out because this ran from 01 to 09 you said x-men unlimited U- ultimate x-men i thought oh. it was this is the whole Ultimates universe that got started. And it's Ultimate X-Men, or it's Ultimate Spider-Man Ultimate too. Spider-Man, yeah. No, no, no. This, I liked They're that. They're cool. They were good. That was... For modern comics. That's you know. literally what that was, though, was Joe Quesada was basically like, dude, we need to... All these characters are too old. Yeah. They've all... <laughs> Spider-Man is no longer in high school. He now has, like, a kid. Yeah. So they basically wanted to bring everyone back to the zero point. So they created that ultimate universe, and that went for a pretty fucking long time to have an alternate universe. Like, the 2099 series that, back in the day when they dropped that, everyone had a 2099. You know, it's just Spider-Man happened to be the only good one. Right. But that didn't last that long. The the ultimate universe lasted It had, like, an eight-year run, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Joss Whedon did Astonishing. X-Men. Okay, there's so many. Like that's what always I love the X-Men, but it, they beat it with the uh, That <laughs> is like exactly the problem man. that you get where you're like, dude, stop um making all these fucking books. Yeah. I just don't need I hope that Marvel Entertainment It's or, a soap opera. It always has been. I hope the Marvel MCU does hold off or just sporadically pepper in mutants and X-Men stuff cuz we don't need a full-on Magneto Professor X fight again. No, we don't. We don't need it for a long, long time. (laughs) And it sucks because that is the backbone of the X-Men is that controversy or that, you know, problem between the two of them. But you can still figure it out and make it work and just do that in 10 years. Yeah. It's like 10 years really isn't even that long in their movie verse. But speaking of, there is some movie news some TV news that we definitely need to go into. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say just precursor, spoiler alert. There will I'm be not spoilers. holding back. So if you don't want to hear anything about WandaVision, Mortal Kombat, anything else I can think of, <laughs> I would just cut it. Oh, you already read, like, you already know all about the Mortal Kombat movie? I, Dude, I know a good amount yeah. about it. Um, See, I was telling you the other day, like, I hate, I don't like to find out too much about a thing before I check I it love, out. I love... I honestly, there's not a lot of info out there yeah. other than what people have seen from the trailer and have pieced together based off of very obvious things. Um, the main, the main character in it, though, I do know is a new character. Okay, so they don't know who. I think he's related to somebody. He's got to have some kind of. They didn't just create a fucking character. Right. Like, that would be the worst character development ever to be like, does he have any lineage? And they're like, no, just a guy. <laughs> just totally random. 
He just he doesn't even fight. He just gets buys the whole tournament. Somehow. Yeah. He's more of like a referee. Like Goro <laughs> tore two of his thumb tendons so he couldn't fight, and he got he gets a pass. Yeah. Um, I think it looks sick though. I'm so happy oh, it it's looks rated awesome. R. Yeah. I love that in the trailer you get to see two or three fatalities. I'm happy it's a red band trailer. I mean everything about it. Um, punch a dude, punch through a dude. As his blood flies up, freeze it, stab him again with that, and then kick him through an ice wall. Dude. What more do you want? What more do you want in a Mortal <laughs> Kombat movie? Because that was the thing I was worried about, is I thought that movie, they were going to try and make it a gritty, realistic, like, something stupid. Or like like with, like the G.I. Joe movies. G.I. Joe, where yeah. it's either super popcorny and accessible, where Mortal Kombat is built off of Violence. The violence and gore. <laughs> I feel so bad that people who work there say it's a fucking nightmare. That they just have PTSD from watching all these fucked up 4chan videos, I assume, of people dying to get their deaths to accurately. Because oh you got to think. Like the game developers? The game developers. Yeah, and they the, keep making those. The only way to. How do I know what it looks like when someone's neck snaps? Yeah. It's not. They're not just gonna like wing it. They're I mean, like, it's kind of crazy. They come, they still come out with Mortal Kombat games. A hundred percent. I bet Mortal Kombat still does numbers too. Right. You know, we have the movie coming. They have a lore now, though. They wouldn't keep making games if they weren't making money. It's because they I, get more realistic. And I feel every like time. their games are, but they have story mode now. And I'm sure with on, um, I never think about this either. People who do competitive fighting games, yeah. They're fucking bananas. Street, the Street Fighter and like in the Smash Brothers Melee, like Dude, that's the most competitive. Yeah, I watched a documentary on YouTube. I forget what the fuck it was called, but it was about the game Killer Instinct. I'm not familiar with that one. It was an old game for oh oh yeah the and maybe. Are you talking about like the like the Mortal Kombat style game? Yeah, it's a Mortal yeah, Kombat yeah, I know. style. Okay, I do. Game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, I guess they brought it back for PlayStation 3 or 4 or something. And people, you have just rooms filled with people. Yeah, something's just, just catch out. on like that, yeah. And it's just certain games get huge that way. So you were saying there is a Mortal Kombat comic book, though, right? Oh, there is. Yeah, there's definitely a ton of backstory on all the Mortal Kombat shit. Because even prior to this coming out, I had just watched a timeline of the Mortal Kombat universe on YouTube because that's just dumb shit I like to do. But it's just a wildly... and I'll spend 30 minutes just watching the whole backstory yeah, of I like, got, I got this time. universe. And it's not something I'm like taking notes on. I'm like doing dishes. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter that much for me. Some of it might stick. Some of it might not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, kinda, I know a little bit. If someone said something, I'd be like, oh, yeah. It's like when you can understand a language but can't speak it because you're too <laughs> lazy to learn it. But when someone says something, you're like... Yeah, I obviously understand what you mean. Right. Like, if someone tells me the clan that Sub-Zero's in versus the clan Scorpion's in, because they're both in separate, uh, like, ninja rivalry clans or whatever, I would immediately be like, oh, that one's Scorpions. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you what they are off the top of my head. That's more lore than I knew about. Um, But I don't think they're... The comics are very just one tonal almost. Oh, I bet, yeah. Like it's not like they did they come out shortly after the Genesis game? They I think they've been coming out sporadically forever. Yeah. They did do an animated movie too that I know was supposed to be pretty good that 
again, I think focuses around Scorpion. I, who are you? You more Scorpion or Sub Zero guy? Who's your mortal? Uh, and then who's your actual well, Mortal Kombat character? Well, yeah, if I had to choose between those two, probably Sub Zero, just because it's pretty sweet and he's got the fucking Mister Freeze vibes. You know? Yeah. Uh, both very cool characters though. Uh, as far as Mortal Kombat, I always thought Raiden was sweet, dude. Raiden guy. Huh? Oh yeah, I mean he just was so cool with the hat and the little lightning eyes. Dude, like, Raiden is pretty sick. I, dude, I'm hoping we see some uh, Shao Kahn. Yep. The the main king of the whole place. And Kano's cool, obviously. Oh, Kano. And did you see Kano gets a nice little fatality? Baraka. In the... did, was he in the trailer? We didn't see a Barack. I thought we did. They when they go past a, you know, they're telling the story. Oh, for millennia we've heard stories of a mythic tournament, mm-hmm. and they go past you know some weird old painting of like two guys <laughs> fighting that obviously just looks like a shittily drawn Mortal Kombat. It's a cave painting, yeah. Like, yeah, but just, it's just a Mortal Kombat yeah. scene. Oh, dude, a fight went down here. It's right <laughs> yeah. written on the wall. <laughs> uh, these two guys could just be like exchanging, you know. Information. Also, who let someone? Do a painting at the super secret fighting tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Who commissioned the dude to do caricatures? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I thought that looked b- like Baraka, but I think Baraka's also because he's the one who's got the fucking arm, yeah, the arm sticks. Oh yeah. No, I don't think we're gonna have a Johnny Cage in here though. Yeah, who cares? You're not not a Johnny Cage fan. I mean, he's whatever. It's it's just not. I I agree. I don't think Johnny Cage adds anything necessarily. He's kind of just a guy there. Kind of just yeah, he sticks out. And I like that this is not Luke Kang centered. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, Luke Kang just kind of there. Yeah. Because that now they just realize people want to see Scorpion fight Sub Zero. Yeah, that's a great little rivalry, especially because now they're in different ninja clans. I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, they have a huge. They got a huge beef. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Oh, we're in spoilers. And gonna... I'll give you a little. <laughs> I'll give you a little juicy. I forgot. But uh, Sub Zero kills Scorpion, and Scorpion, and this is all before like anything ever like in the game happens. Scorpion is goes to the Nether Realm. Okay. And makes this deal with this fucking sorcerer down there because that's just you know. Sorcerers hanging out in the nether realm. We got him, yeah. They got him on deck. Um, to bring him back, and that's how he gets like his powers and shit. So they're just beefing. They just don't like each other. And it's going to... Yeah. I think that's going to be heavily what the storyline ends up being based around is those two characters. But there'll be a lot of good one-on-one fights beside I think it, them. I think sure. it is going to be a ton of... I saw reptiles in there. Oh, nice. You get that quick... Where he's like all lizard. Yeah. Um... And then, yeah, him and Kano fighting. I think we're just going to get a lot of cool one-on-one. That's what people want to see. With, with just some decent story sprinkled in Vide- to, to keep it together. I need a – let me get a light story. Let me get a lot of fatalities. Yeah. And let's just fucking do this Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> I'm fine that this whole thing looks like a cut scene from a video game. Fuck yeah. That's totally okay with me. I'll just watch the hour and a half of this. It's completely serviceable. That's, that's a very good comparison. And – the other thing is, honestly, there's um, there's not a lot of good video game movies, so the bar is pretty fucking low. That's true. I did you That's see well known fact? Did you see Sonic? <laughs> no, but I heard it was decent. I heard Sonic was decent. I'll probably watch that. But I think it's also Sonic is 
a kids movie. Right. So it's not it's it's on the same league of doing any other video game movie that when Doom fucking sucked or remember Final Fantasy that movie oh, spirited and it had nothing to do with Final Fantasy. Yeah, I did remember that. and I thought it was so cool cuz it was all like CGI. It's, like, it's James Woods, but he's a cartoon. This is so that cool. That was yeah. And I remember watching it and telling Matt and being like, "Dude, yeah, I just watched the uh Final Fantasy movies like yeah, that has nothing to do with the game, so you still can't play. Yeah, I think there was a lawsuit or something. I don't know. I mean, I could see it there being a lawsuit, but I could also just see it being whatever company puts out um, Final Fantasy. Literally, that name they, is trademarked, though. It has. To be. Well, as I say, they could have put it out themselves and basically just had it be essentially a test run of how we're going to do cutscenes in the future. Right. So. Can you guys make if you can make a whole movie of it? Interesting. Then it's just you giving you the time to practice it and be like, all right, cool. We're gonna get enough people to go see this movie to pay the cost because yeah. it's a Final Fantasy movie. That movie was ass though. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> and it has it literally cool. nothing to do. It looked with, cool, but it, it was I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Did you ever play any real Final Fantasy? No, guy? no, 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 not at all. I only played I played the tenth one. Okay. That, on yeah. PlayStation Two. And I think I, I got like Eight to ten hours in. Okay. Couldn't handle it. Yeah, I, it's a grind. I've never been an RPG guy, but... it's Yeah, it's just too much for me, and I just get way over the doing... Just pressing, like... Where you can just auto-play it. Yeah. And be like, obviously, just do Turn-based, yeah. Yeah, where it's just turn-based shit. It's not not my style. Not for me. Um, We got a little off-trap, off-topic, but back to some movie stuff, slash TV news. WandaVision. Yes. My girl has revealed herself. <laughs> my the love of my life, ca- the one and only multi-talented Catherine Hahn. Quadruple threat. Quadruple threat, dude. Probably even higher, dude. Octuple threat. <laughs> um, re- finally revealed herself as Agatha Harkness, and the internet all went, "Yeah, we knew that." <laughs> I mean, you got to think. Her name was Agnes. It's just a combination of... And she Ag- already was kind of sketch. She was already sketch. Everyone basically knew this from the get-go, though. It was one of those things that... Not everyone. People who were looking into it online and speculating and crafting theories and shit like that, that was like the first one everyone put together. And she just kept leaning into it super hard. Mm-hmm. The real question, I think, who is Evan Peters? And who is... Our one last big cameo, and do we see him in episode eight or nine? And I heard the last two episodes are going to be an hour long. I think. Yeah, I think they're. I know they're going to be the two longest episodes, without a doubt. So I'm excited for that too. So exciting! I, I've enjoyed that the episodes are different lengths. Yeah, it is cool. Something different. It because then those early ones where it's the black and white, it's like yeah, this is fine. This is done with. In 20 minutes. Because there's eight minutes of credits. Yeah, what's up with that, by the way? <laughs> I, dude, the eight minutes of credits. Because they know there's going to be people that watch till the end. That's, <laughs> look, that was me. Off rip. Yeah. Because the other thing, I was trying it to worked. do it on a shitty fucking Apple TV. And Apple TV doesn't let me fucking, wasn't letting me fast forward. <laughs> so I, Kevin Feige did that yeah. on purpose. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there watching, hoping to God that something happens. And then when nothing does, you're just like, oh. But then 
at the end of episode seven, we finally do get that mid credit scene. Yeah, I'm happy. One, everyone knows it's all about the mid credit scene. Monica Rambo got the dump truck, dude. <laughs> That's all I was thinking of. I was like, damn, dude, she got the bootay. Yeah. Someone in casting uh, did was, was, was on the prowl. Yeah, someone someone had their eyes open that day for <laughs> for a nice little pick. But I'm hyped. She's got powers. She looks sick. Like I liked her little vibe. She did a nice superhero landing. Yes, the classic. <laughs> oh, this is so impractical. It's all knees. I mean, but because her power set is almost unlimited in the comics at least and that's just from being manipulated from the magnetic field or whatever so many times i think it's from being manipulated so many times and it was then, like changing her dna is what yeah she said. it's so she's not a mutant um in the comics for example the twins that scarlet witch has um billy and tommy yeah are mutants because they were born with powers right Monica Rambeau is technically mutated, mutated because she wasn't born with powers, but got them through. I, I don't even know how she gets it in the comics, but obviously it wasn't through this hex thing. But her going in and out of it, I feel like that at least makes sense. That why that works, mm-hmm. like why that gave her powers. Yeah, it, it wasn't oh, yeah. a far fetched thing. No, it's, it's not something they just threw in there, dude. I'm hoping we get more fucking. Uh, I need more Jimmy Woo. Yeah, he's so, he's great. I need more Darcy. It, uh, it, yeah, I mean, hour long episodes coming. We'll get it. Patience, patience. I, but I want a whole. I want an Agents of Atlas show. <laughs> Jimmy Woo show. The Jimmy Woo. Uh, someone was saying, dude, if Darcy and, um, if Darcy and Jimmy Woo had their own show, that would be. <laughs> Uh, Amazing. All right, maybe. Like an X-Files type Marvel show? We'll see. They're talking about Agents of Atlas, which was a super early kind of team-up Marvel book led by Jimmy Woo. Okay. Or it might have even been a Timely Comics. Oh, wow. So it was that. It was super old because it had to have been Timely because they said that Jimmy Woo's character is older the oldest character in the MCU. Are you are you serious? Yeah. That's awesome. And is he in that Marvel 1? I don't think he was in it was before Marvel 1. I it think was, oh it was at, it was at like timely. Um but yeah, they just had him and he ran like a little fucking field team and I was like, dude, that would be sick to have both those together. I would be to have Jimmy Woo. More Jimmy Woo is what we need in the MCU. <laughs> well, I'm not opposed to it, but I think they should just kind of take it easy. You know, don't put out too, too much stuff. Just kind of. I think I, they're going to be. I don't think they're going to rush anything. Yeah. I think we're never going to have more than one show at a time. And I think all the shows are going to be very different. And I'm almost wondering if we never get a season two of anything. Which is what would make the most sense to me is. Why would you ever have sequ- these shows are basically limited run movies? Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be yeah no Wandavision two. Well, yeah, what would Wandavision two be? Because then you would just have her in a different movie. Yeah, they're just gonna keep with these yeah one off series. You know, we got the what are we saying, lo- Winter Soldier and uh, yeah. Falcon coming out. So yeah. I love I love that idea though because you have it's so great. many characters. Yeah, it's 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 cool. And um, guess who? So we got Oscar Isaac 
playing Moon Knight, which is... Oh, is that confirmed? Oscar Isaac, confirmed for Moon Knight. Nice. If you don't know Moon Knight, it's basically Marvel's Batman equivalent, except he is way crazier and has three separate personalities. <laughs> um, but the villain of that is going to be Ethan Hawke. Interesting. So he said, he quoted that, um, he was like, yeah, I'm only doing it because I think I, Oscar Isaac's the fucking cat's titties. Dude. Yeah, he's dope. There, there was a while where he was in like a lot of stuff. What? I'm trying to, oh, he was Poe Dameron. Yeah. I couldn't like put a face an to. Apocalypse. Yeah, I but apo- <laughs> that's the worst version of Apocalypse. Well, I'm just that was during the time he was in everything. He was in Star Wars. He was yeah. in that. He was in like. But uh, he's not. He didn't want to come back. He doesn't want to come back for Star Wars. I thought. I, I they need to stop with the Star Wars, <laughs> and I'm a huge Star I, Wars fan. I think with Star Wars, well, one, rip Gina Carano's character. Yeah, <laughs> G- big Gina. Yeah, big fucking now her and, Rousey looking broad. Yeah. Dude, yeah, now her and uh, Ben Shapiro are making some fucking dumb movie about it, <laughs> getting canceled. Um, <laughs> ben Shapiro is involved. Yeah, thank fucking God. Just who you needed on your side. I know everyone like listens to our podcast and probably his podcast. <laughs> yeah, you come right side. from. <laughs> You dual listen to them. It's like having multiple TVs. You just have radios. And it's just a wall of sound hitting you. Ben is actually recording in the building next to us. Yeah. He he has the studio space after us. He We use the same cubicle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think we're just going to get more Star Wars stuff that's just further away from whatever centered the Star Wars universe before. No that's more a, Skywalkers. Yeah, yeah. We're that, done with all the Skywalkers. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, so let's jump into these books here, dude. Top 10. All right. Let's fucking do it. So let's see. What are we rocking with? Oh, number 10. A cl- probably one of my favorites in the whole top 10. I would agree. Is the official Batman number one. Batman number one, spring of 1940, I believe. Spring of, yep, 1940. So, yeah, this book kicks ass. There's actually four different Batman stories. And this this is probably one of my favorite Golden Age books. This is still Golden Age, right? 1940, yeah. for sure. So, it, uh, and I've said this before about these books. They are really good just because there's so much history in them. And you're introduced to these characters for the first time, including the Joker. But uh, the word bubbles, man, they are lengthy. <laughs> like, Little little short stories. I think you know they, we introduced Commissioner Gordon and everything. A lot of these characters being Bill Finger characters, which I, I know we've mentioned before. For those who don't know, Bill Finger has been recently uh, credited as the co-creator of Batman alongside Bob Kane, who came up with these, a lot of these characters. Commissioner Gordon, he came up with the name Gotham City, the yeah. Batmobile. I mean, I mean, it's it's crazy. All these villains, you know, the Penguin. Being Riddler. able to come up with that too, at the time, it's almost insane to think of. All right, I have to come up with all these characters and backstories. And you're coming up with what now, if I suggested these names, they'd be the shittiest names ever. It's like, what's his name going to be? The Penguin, the Joker, the Rip. Like, <laughs> everyone just has the at the beginning, and it's just the most basic one description of them. But, Someone had to do it, though. But now they're so iconic. Now yeah. the Joker, every fucking weirdo in the world has a stupid face mask that has a joker mouth on it so we know that they're edgy or the the mouth oh, tattoo on the hand the joker mouth ta- anyone who has a mouth tattoo 
on your hand. So when you cover your mouth, it looks like a skull or the Joker. Go fucking cut your hand off. It will do you the biggest service. Because no one's ever done that and looked at someone and gone, whoa, that was so fucking sick, dude. It looked like your mouth was the Joker's mouth, but it was your hand. And they're like, yeah. Also, how many times are you putting your hand over your mouth like that? Not these days. It's kind of gross. Yeah, don't touch your face, man. It's gross. You just shouldn't touch your face in general, I feel like, is the especially near your mouth. Dirty. And you're just putting the palm of your, like the dirtiest yeah. part of your Because <laughs> it's a dirty person move. Um, <laughs> no, I love Batman. Batman's probably one of my all-time favorite superheroes. I think even among DC, Marvel, Batman's just the fucking regular guy. Yeah, and so this obviously was riding the coattails of, you know, Superman had just become a thing, and superheroes in general were now the thing. So what this uh, little blurb talks about about Batman 1 is that it was a mix of the character of the Shadow, who we mentioned before, mm-hmm. and uh, what's the guy's name? Doc something? Uh, what- Doc Savage, not Doc Samson. Doc, Doc Samson is from Marvel's The Hulk. Right. Um, so basically, the, and the thing too that it was, even though it was just, you know, like I said, introducing superheroes and people getting in- into that, they drew these villains very like uh, pulpy. You know, the the Joker, very menacing, very monster like. So that yeah. kind of got your like horror mystery kind of readers and it, and interested. It in did have. It did really capitalize on detective comics of the time where the shadow wasn't a superhero per se. He was more detective and lived in that kind of realm. But then, yeah, it does have the horror elements with your jokers, even your Catwoman, and like these anthropomorphic, not really anthropomorphic, but people dressing up as animals and just kind of having this weird look. It just throws you through this whole like borderline furry. Yeah, it's but it's weird because <laughs> they rob banks because a lot of his villains are regular people too. It's not an alien from outer space or yeah. someone who's mutated into a half man, half penguin. It's just <laughs> a fat guy who owns a club with money and loves umbrellas. <laughs> he has a fetish for umbrellas, and they're like, "Yeah, dude, this guy rips. I love the penguin." <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think Batman number one speaks for itself. Obviously not first appearance, first appearance, Detective Comics number 27. What was the, do you know the time gap? Uh, I think it's only a year or two. I wouldn't, I was going to say, it couldn't be that short. It was like a year. Um, this also, we are introduced to, like I said, Commissioner Gordon, the Joker, um, Catwoman. I think the story with the Catwoman one was there's like, someone is like hijacking a boat. Oh, for some yeah, reason I, or another. I've seen the Halle Berry movie. Yeah. I assume it's true to... <laughs> I assume that's the original. Yeah, but Batman and Robin break up this boat robbery, and the Catwoman's involved because she's a cat burglar, and I remember she makes off with some jeweled necklace. And Again, I just love... They're like, all right, we have a cat burglar who's a female. What do you think we should call her? And they're like, mm, I would say Catwoman. <laughs> Catwoman sounds like it's it just works. The first thing that comes to mind, yeah. Um... All right, so let's keep moving on here so we can get through these. We are going to jump into number nine, a.k.a. Wiz Comics number two, a.k.a. the first appearance of the one and only Shazam. A.k.a. Captain Marvel. A.k.a. Captain Marvel. A.k.a. really Billy Batson. Billy Batson. Small boy (laughs) who becomes Shazam slash Captain Marvel with the power of saying the word Shazam. Which I didn't realize is an acronym. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, that is... Dude, it's such it's 
They definitely came up with this acronym secondhand. You think there's, so? There's no way someone was like, okay, well, I want them to have the, uh, the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and... The speed of Mercury. Aren't strength and power the same thing? Come on, people. Yeah, someone was like, dude, I like the name Shazam. Someone said that the other day, and they're like, okay, let's just think of ten, five Greek things. Yeah. Because Solomon and Zeus, that's a, I don't even think those make sense. Uh, Wasn't King Solomon a biblical character? Yes. But it, Greek mythology and bibology. Is that a Bibi- <laughs> Bibliology. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's, it's apples and oranges. There. Yeah, dude. Listen, people wrote down a bunch of stories a long time ago. Yeah. And people read them and still believe them. I love fairy tales as much as the next guy. That's why I read comic books. That's on, dude. It, soon, if you think when the time passes between when the Bible was written to now versus when comics are written to the future, people are going to think this shit was real. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this before. I think. I mean, you could definitely just find a if book. If there's some gap in, in, like, human history, like, Dark Ages, and all of a sudden, like, the first book someone picks up is, like, a Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> what? This man had powers. This it, man was our savior. <laughs> there was 3,600 of them. Yeah, they were, like, back <laughs> thousands of years ago, there used to be a man who went by Clark Kent, and he <laughs> saved the world, and he was the Superman. Have you ever heard that the story of Superman and um, Goku from Dragon Ball Z is, like, the same thing? Like they called Goku like the Japanese Superman. Have you ever heard seen these parallels? Oh, I, I haven't. But honestly, even you just saying that doesn't it make a lot of it sense? It makes so much. I was never a big Dragon Ball Z person. I I like it. I think it's really cool. But I just can't watch two dudes fight for fourteen episodes, <laughs> and then just at the end. Well, that's why you got to watch the abridged version. They they edit oh. them so they they fucking just you know Trust go a lot me, faster. I'm watching the Dragon Ball Z timeline. YouTube. You're video, like, if I dude. could abridge my life, I would do that. Yeah, I'm just watching the YouTube video of every universe. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to go. Dragon it it Ball just Z. basically edits out a lot of heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that is all, all the things it gets rid of. You're just like, yeah, I didn't need this. Yep. I, well, some people need it, and they're snobby about it. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but with Shazam, you big Captain Marvel Shazam fan? No, and we had touched on this before with uh, whatever the last comic he showed up in. I will say though, his fit's pretty bad, man. It, I mean, that white cape. I remember in the movie, the dude's like, "Man, it doesn't look like it should work, but it does." <laughs> with the with the, I, the gold like lining and stuff, dude, man. He's got a better he's got a better fit than Superman. Yeah, Shazam looks way cooler than Superman. Like, like the the like on a small detail, like the the rope, like the rope on the cape. I, yeah, I like oh, that. That's cool. It's got the little crosses on there, dude. For He's sure. Balling. Um, but yeah, this basically, honestly, almost beat Superman. Yep. Captain Marvel, Shazam, whatever you want to call him, was fucking bigger than Superman for a minute. Ended up basically getting bought out by DC because of the fact it was. Getting as big as Superman. Was it Wiz Comics that that happened? That, yeah, that Wiz Comics ends up kind of going under. They get bought out through... Because once those comic companies start going under, at the if DC's doing okay at all, it probably costs next to nothing to buy out yeah. all the characters. Oh, absolutely. And like it, for the guys at Wiz, it's like, well, now we get to keep our jobs, and now we work for DC. Like These guys are huge. This is could be a good thing. Yeah, you know? I mean, and there's probably some people you keep on board, and then some people are like, cool, we just sold all this. I'm out of here. Yeah. You have options now. But um, I am interested in to see how 
Shazam 2, the movie goes, because I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> DC has proven yet again that they are just not great with sequels. Uh, Snyder Cut, though, shout out, four hours with a 10-minute break at the two-hour mark. What do you mean a break? Like, if I'm watching HBO Max, I yeah. can't fast forward? I mean, I guess you could fast forward. They were, I was listening to somewhere, and they they were saying it'd be cool if they did, like, the uh, the Sonic style and had Knuckles, but it was just, you know, like, the Flash. Okay. Just sitting there waiting for it to come Tapping back. Tapping his foot? Yeah. Um, S- Speaking of the Flash, real quick, before we move on to yeah. number uh, seven. Mm-hmm. So, uh... I've been watching Justice League, the cartoon from like 2001 on HBO Max, and the one dude who does the voice of the Flash was Lex Luthor on Smallville, uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, really. He, yeah, he's dope, man. I like him. I always liked him on. I actually wasn't a big Smallville guy, but I always liked his character, and he's just a good actor. I loathe the Smallville. Yeah, I think Smallville. I could not believe that show was on for like ten fucking years because it's trash, dude. And <laughs> people, that's what people like. People it's love just trash. trash ass TV. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum rips though. Yeah, he was, and so he's the Flash. He's like the he's like a funny Flash. He's a funny yeah. Barry Allen. He's like the who could you equate it to? Like from the Marvel, you know, just a, just um, a, a Weisenheimer. <laughs> I would say, man, there's really there's really not like a lot of uh, <laughs> like that. Um, I'm trying to think. There's not someone that just mad comic relief that way because you could almost say it's a mix of. Tony Stark. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, Tony Stark and Hawkeye. Sure, almost is kind of like the vibe of it. But the Flash is. I just enjoy. The, I like the Flash character a lot. After watching first three seasons of the Flash TV show, really hook you in. Yeah. to be like, dude, it gives that character a lot more life. If you haven't read the comics, obviously, and to read to get into comics like that, it's so hard to start at a good point where a character is kind of. They're always developing, mm-hmm. so it's always changing. So to get to that like root of like kind of who they are, it can be a little tough sometimes to be like, oh, I have to start reading this story because sometimes you jump in and you're just like, if you don't have a basis for who this is, you're like, what the fuck is going well, on? An interesting segue wrap, wrapping up uh, Shazam. Like you could argue like they're even their, the costumes a mix of like Superman and Flash and the Flash <laughs> with it, it the lightning really bolts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but from. Number nine to number eight. Oh, number eight. I'm sorry. We are going into Marvel Comics number one. It is first appearance of the Human Torch, not the Johnny Storm version. We have first appearance of Kazar the Conqueror. The Great? Or Kazar the Great. Uh, the man from... Damn, where... Oh, he's from the Savage Lands, I think. Yeah. Um, You got Namor in there. Arguably first appearance... May or may not be. Jerry Weiss couldn't decide. So, <laughs> like a bitch, he rode the fence on it. Uh, and then there's one other. Oh, the Masked Raider. Yeah, who I'm not familiar with. No, that probably ended after. Bad name. Yeah, the Masked Raider. But this, uh, this has some interesting story behind it, especially because it is rare. But they're saying in this little blurb that it's not quite as rare as like your Action Comics number one or your Detective Comics number twenty-seven. But it's definitely up there. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean. I think that people just kind of anticipate it. The cover was so much better. And so this was right after they were Timely Comics? They were, I want to say this was still under Timely Comics, maybe. And they just kind of... We're starting to rebrand? We're starting to rebrand as Marvel. Um, 
But the big reason people collected them was because it was a painted cover. Yeah. And people really fucked with the painted cover style. It does have a kind of horror element look to it. Yeah. It is a fucking dope cover. It's very cool. And they bring up that Marvel continued that trend of just having very intriguing covers that a lot of their characters weren't necessarily superheroes in that way, but a lot of them ended up having issues and being like more monstrous. And even when they introduced Captain America, those covers were still crazy because they were like very dark and just had a really like, now it's almost goofy, but for back then, I think people were like, damn, they're like fucking this dude up on the cover of this book. <laughs> and well, they and, don't really care. Well, let's talk about the original Human Torch, too. He was like an android or something. I Science experiment is how they describe it. But the way I remember seeing it, I swear I remember it being a like android type yeah, thing. Yeah, same. Um, and I don't know what that's from. It had to have been a cartoon or something where he had come back as like an android um, but it's just a very one tonal thing. I think it's funny that they ended up reusing the name right? to be, but it makes sense. And it's like, this character didn't last, you know, incredibly long. The only one, uh, Submariner and Kazar are really the only ones that end up lasting, standing the test of time. Yeah. And neither of them are ultra popular characters i hate submariner i think he's so dumb sorry all the submariner fans out there no i agree and it's not even like an aquaman thing it's literally just like i've i've read the books that he's you know a main character and it's just he doesn't doesn't grab me he's very cold very just like well they make him into a villain at one point basically oh he's been submariner's been an anti-hero yeah his whole kind of career and i don't know like there's something likable about an anti-hero type character but he just never really did it for me he's not a cool anti-hero no he has stupid little fucking pussy ass wings on his feet (laughs) he is supposedly the first mutant but then he's not the first mutant and then uh, you just don't know what's going on with him well and he's just one of those characters that's been in marvel for so long and they can't really just get rid of him and you know he, they're trying. He rules the Marvel version of Atlantis, and it's hard to stand up to the DC version of Atlantis. If that True. makes sense, yeah, I could because see. the DC version is so much more fleshed out. There's so many more characters that Namor's Atlantis is just kind of. Does Namor have a trident? Yeah. Okay. They always give the the Aqua character a trident because why not? Poseidon. Yeah. Because <laughs> Poseidon had a trident, so now everyone who is even near the ocean gets a trident. Yeah, dude. That's how they just roll with it. Um, and then, yeah, Kazar, I know, lives in the Savage Land, and he pops up every once in a while, but I can guarantee you there probably wasn't a Kazar comic yeah. in at least fucking 20 years. Well, so that Venture Brothers episode I was telling you where they reference Marvel number one, he tries to pay him with the Marvel number one comic, and it's in, like, mint condition. And uh, Dr. Venture's like, there's no way that a book where the guy, main character is Kazar the Great is worth a quarter million dollars. Yeah. And it is worth a quarter million dollars. It's even in 04, but yeah. that, that price is held up, I'm pretty sure. It, and it's right in that ballpark. That is insane. It's crazy. And it's one of the reasons why it's coming in at number eight. I mean, and Marvel, now with the big name Marvel is, I mean, this started it all, more or less. A hundred percent. So very cool. From one of the biggest companies in comics to a little lesser known comic for some we got number seven zap comics number one uh basically one of the first underground kind of comics 
Yeah. You know, they said, fuck the comics code. Didn't listen to comics code. You had R. Crumb on the board. You got the first time a lot of people are actually getting credit for their art and getting their name put on it and owning the rights to all their art. Mm -hmm. And I think that's honestly one of the biggest reasons this comes in at number seven is because it was a fucking game changer. Yeah. It made dudes feel comfortable enough to tell their bosses at DC and Marvel, I know you're not going to let me own all this, but let me at least get my original art back. Sure. Let me at least get something that I can hold on to that if for some reason this becomes big, I can at least sell this. And that's and that's so important because it screwed over people like Jerry Siegel and yeah. Joe Schuster, you know, like, like Joel Schuster, they they got screwed. Like they didn't make any money off Superman, you know. Yeah, they, it's a terrible these people story. got nothing and you're like, dude, this fucking sucks. And this was right after like this was raid in nineteen seventy basically. And you just had people being more familiar with it. Uh they do mention that another Spoiler on here, but um, there's another comic similar that we're going to bring up that actually helped influence this yeah. as well. Well, and it was the same concept that they kind of put out as a magazine so they wouldn't get in trouble with the comics code. Yeah. I mean, R. Crumb, classic. This is like probably the number one underground comic that you could think of. It's just so... It's got the beautiful art on the front, dude. There were a couple versions of it. The OG I found out, straight yellow blue. Yeah, and then so black the keep and white on inside. trucking guy. What's his name again? The the, the bearded. That's guy? what I was trying to think of. I don't know what that keep on trucking dude's I, name is. I see is. you got the shirt over there too. You have, was that a, an art crumb shirt? I just saw it over there in the hallway. Um, I don't know. I'll show you anyway. <laughs> like you don't even know what you. Oh, got. those ones. Uh oh yeah yeah yeah. Those were that's for the homie crumb. Okay. For our, yeah, our oh, buddy, a buddy who passed. Yeah, gotcha. So those were the shirts for him. But yeah, that's that's crazy. I didn't even I didn't even put the pieces together. Well, there like you that. go. Here at uh, unwearable. Yeah, uh, unwearable. <laughs> Shout out, yo, hey, unmovable. We're unwearable. <laughs> um, we're gonna jump over to number six here, and it's just one of our favorites. Of course, we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't do the top ten without one of these. But it's the 1933 Mickey Mouse magazine number one. So this though gets a little bit more respect because I know you're a Mickey Mouse fan, and maybe I don't know if it's in the same regards as me. The sense that he's like the OG cartoon character, and I love cartoons and animation. And well, and this came out so early that this is almost one of the first comic books. Right, right. Because at the time, Homeboy's working for Walt Disney. Disney wants more shit getting sold. So this dude's trying to innovate and create products. And at the time, you people weren't branding all sorts of shit. It wasn't that easy. Yeah. So he figured, let me make these books for kids to go to the movie theater. And when they're getting popcorn or whatever, they can get this comic book too. It's fucking five cents, whatever. They realize that the theaters like aren't about it. <laughs> the theater's like, fuck you, dude. We're selling we're, popcorn. Yeah, we're not a bookstore, dude. So, <laughs> we're, we're the movie business. We yeah. don't like books. <laughs> but they basically end up realizing that just like newspaper stands and shit like that would be the easiest way to go about it. And it was kind of the birth of comic books. It was yeah. the birth of putting 64 pages together of new story. Because they're saying the problem was they were doing selling books. But once you buy a book, 
Now you just have the book. You're just reading that whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's your turnover rate is not great. Well, yeah, in the sense that, you know, this is also, you know, yeah, like you said, it's the format that now we know and love that we're familiar with as far as the fact that they're funny books. You know, it's Mickey Mouse doing dumb shit and, you know, having adventures. I wonder if they ever did like a Mickey Mouse like superhero comic. Oh, I'm sure they've (laughs) definitely. Dude, they've probably put Mickey through everything. I do like this. This is one of my like favorite versions of Mickey, though, is the very classic 33 one yeah where it is just very sparsely like even painted at all and it just looks a little bit weirder because now it just gets really polished the 80s version is really good too because it's very strange but yeah there's just a couple versions of mickey that you're like man this one fucking rips oh yeah i um I actually just got this. I got off the sales rack yesterday. This awesome. It's like a yeah, like a thirty-three Mickey Mouse kind of thing, but it's a Hawaiian shirt, which is with like Mickey kind of. I'll wear it to the oh, shop yeah. next time. It's pretty dope, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've talked about Disney so much. They've honestly, for as much as we hated on them, they have been influential hugely to comic books. Well, you know, yeah, and it's funny now that we're mentioning it, and I'm just realizing it now. You know, Disney owns Marvel, yeah. and like it's, and this was way way. Before after that this book came out yeah i mean jerry weist maybe he like knew the future he he saw it coming it really is disney just being on top of it though and being like they've always been tied to comics Uh, yeah i think they've always known that they do well they've probably always done well for them and they realize that there's so much ip in comic books you have a hundred years almost of fucking comic book lore yeah to pull from it's true. You know, you have everything. And why are we, you know, adapt this? Oh, yeah. Because now people are adapting all these small comics as well. And those are the ones that you're like, oh, I didn't know that was a comic. Like, oh, History of Violence? Dude, Jimmy know. Woo's getting his own show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you, there's all these smaller comics even that get made into movies or shows that people had no idea that it was a comic originally. Well, you know what? I, I feel bad. Now I take back everything I said about Disney during this countdown because they really are significant. They're and the we, G's. We've seen it right right in front of us. All right, let's break into our top five here. Top five. Uh, Mad Magazine, number one. You a mad guy? Well, so it's funny. We were just talking about on our bonus episode, which is now on Patreon, $5 a month if you'd like to subscribe. We were talking about basically Mad TV versus SNL, and Mad TV had some heaters, you know, and it's just that same brand of comedy. Um, As far as the magazine, kind of sticky, you know, like my mom actually got me uh, a Mad Magazine like Christmas issue just from this year, and I was thumbing through it. It's like it gives you a little chuckle, you know? Yeah. Uh, but but this was more significant back then. Originally, Mad Magazine because it was like it was a comic book, and we were talking about before they put it out as a magazine, so they could get away with things. You kind of get around the comic code. So that alone, I just think is cool and just a very rebel kind of aspect to it. And I think it also had such a really fucking cool art direction that this is definitely we were saying before had heavily influenced Zap Comics number one and push those guys to want to do more. And they probably, I'm sure a lot of those guys who worked on Zap probably worked on Mad. But it was just something where it showed people you can draw comics and it doesn't have to be superheroes or it doesn't have to be Disney characters. You can draw something that is either more substantial and has like some more heart and like feel to it or something that's just funny. It doesn't have to necessarily be the newspaper joke you know what i mean like the fucking new york times 
little like the single blur. panel ones. Yeah, yeah, the single panel ones where you're just like, this is dumb as fuck. Yeah, you might get a chuckle out of it, but probably not. And you got, you know, a place like Mad Magazine, every, every place like this is at the mercy of the editor, you know, and I'm sure here it was pretty loose. Yeah. I think that is a huge key that letting these artists do what they want to do, whether it's on um, something like Mad Magazine or even something like Marvel and DC that's a bigger name. It's like giving those creators the room to create just literally is such a game changer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because <laughs> there are people who try to nitpick and just be – super anal fucking retentive about this shit and be all up in people's grills well, about like how does this look how's this gonna be and it's publishers who are just breathing down people's necks and you're like this is horrible like yeah. i imagine mad magazine was a fucking just fun house oh for sure and like what's funny is uh you even see it when i've watched interviews with like marvel and uh, uh artists and writers and stuff you can tell they're always tiptoeing around bad mouthing the editor like, oh, like when Jim Shooter was the editor, you know, he, um, we didn't always agree. You know, like, they're yeah. like, you know, it was like, dude, like, there was probably fucking <laughs> screaming matches, like, you know. Oh. But a place like this, like, oh, yeah, you want to draw a silly little strip about, you know. Yeah, dude. It's some dude in the tub and he slips and falls a bar of soap. Yeah, do that. Like, yeah, it's like, oh. Breaks his neck. <laughs> yeah, dude fucking falls in the tub with his toaster. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Just draw it, man. I love, Go for yeah, it. Yeah, people that are willing to take chances like that, kind of in the same realm, like National Lampoon, the magazine. Yeah. The, the one issue, where, it's just the dog the with the dog, gun to his head. Yeah. Buy this buy this issue or we'll kill, we'll kill this, this dog. <laughs> right. Like, I love any anything that can take chances. You know, that breeds creativity. I'm sure you can agree. Oh, 100%. Um, we'll move on to number four here. We got Fun, the big comic magazine. <laughs> so, predominantly... A Western style like comic book. It's just an old traditional. I mean, this reminds me of that Gene Autry comic we were talking about. Yeah, the, it the was Singing Cowboy. It came out in 1935, so it's just that super old school. I think this is when they turned comics from cartoony, just Disney, into let's adapt radio personalities and yeah. shit like that to people. So that way we're able to actually, you know, create more of a time frame on it. But, dude, so we're at top 50. three. Do you want to save top three? We for, can do the top three. Uh, you want to do top three? Yeah, you know, I, we got like 10 minutes. I think we can stretch this into. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into number three. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward no-brainer one. <laughs> Superman number one. Have you ever read? I've never read this issue, but you know what's interesting to me about this is that I'm glad it made top three because it always gets the back seat to Action Comics number one. Everyone always talks about yeah. Action Comics number one, first appearance of Superman, but uh, this, I mean, you get we introduced to Lex Luthor and like just the oh, kind of, this kind of fleshes out the universe more. Exactly. Where action because Action Comics at the time was again just all random stories and characters that were they were test. It was a testing ground, right? So if people mailed in and said they fucking like superman they're gonna make more superman and apparently people did but they weren't doing a whole bunch of backstory in world building purposes other than just like you know this is the origin oh yeah now we're here well, and they did a lot of stories like superman would like stand for like social injustice and stuff like there's one where he's like 
coming down on some like slum lord because like the tenants like Hell need yeah. help. Yeah, and it's like, dude, like he's a man of the people. Like it definitely. Dude. And and they, they, the editors are getting back to what we were talking about. They're like, no, 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 we don't want to be talking about stuff like that. You know. Yeah, go back to Brainiac. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I don't even know. I literally feel like I know three fucking um, Superman villains. Yeah, it's like Lex Luthor, Brainiac. Metallo. Is Gorilla Grodd Batman or Justice League or Superman villain? Flash. That's a Flash villain? Okay. A Flash villain. Gotcha. Which is kind of weird, but I love Gorilla Grodd's cool, man. Dude, you got to watch The Flash, dude, the TV show. I will. will. Oh, he's he's on on it? Oh, yeah, dude. They go all in. It fucking that shit. Is it Ron Perlman in a fucking monkey it's suit? It's just Ron Perlman. No, it's just him. No makeup. Yet. No makeup. <laughs> they just glued uh, some extra fur like on his arms, and they flared his nostrils a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Ron, get mad. <laughs> All right, we're gonna jump into number two here. This is gonna be a quick one because it's funnies on parade. Oh, what this is? It's fucking dude, Jerry, sh- shit or get off the pot, brother. <laughs> yeah, because uh, no one's heard of this book. This is fucking ridiculous, dude. This thing came in at number two. How much is this book worth in 04? $17,000. Who gives a fuck, man? How did Marvel co- Marvel number one? Any, who cares? I mean, yeah, fuck that book, dude. Is this where the term funny book comes from? Because then I'm I sure could, it probably is. Yeah. That's we're, probably we're gonna, exactly. We're going to go with that, guys. You heard it here first at Comics Corner. <laughs> We've broken the news. <laughs> Put that in the fucking dictionary. All right. Well, we've finally reached number one, guys. Thank you so much for following us on this journey through a hundred greatest it. comic books. I mean, we've Dude. saw some awesome titles. We've had some. This laughs. has been uh, it's been pretty crazy. I can't. I'm kind of surprised we like made it through. I feel like this is such an accomplishment right now. <laughs> it's a we have to start something a new book or if anyone has suggestions any content you guys want to hear about comic book related media in any form anything yeah. you specifically want to hear about backstories or we can even do some research we can have some more information for you. we'll do the homework for you we'll do the homework just give us some topics you want to hear about i got wikipedia on my computer i'm ready to do this and i can make up anything <laughs> my imagination is endless um number one no surprise action comics number one first appearance of the Superman. So, dude, th- I mean, this comic is just so... It's, it almost has this magical, holy grail-type lore to it. Um, there was an episode of Comic Book Men where they got to go to a comic book magazine or a museum, okay. and he actually got to, like, hold it. Like, with gloves and everything, but, like, was able to hold it in his hands. Like, that, this thing's, like... I it, wonder... It's so cool. How about the story? Well, I wonder if the story was any good in it. I don't really know what goes <clears throat> down in the story. But the, the the cover itself is so iconic with the lifting of the car, and it's just it, it's two boys from Cleveland. You know that's one thing we got to remember Cleveland too. Boys, a couple dude. Cleveland boys talking. Well, at least comics. they made it. At least they made it on top of the list. <laughs> who did? Isn't one of the dudes who made Batman from Cleveland though? No, Damn. not to my knowledge. Damn. No, Bob Kane was from uh, from New York City. The city. The Big Apple, as they the call big it. Not apple. The Big Apple. Not the plum. Not the plum, dude. Cleveland is the plum. Not the mistake on the lake. But Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Where are they from in Cleveland? I don't know. I I knew at one point. Uh, the dude that wrote the book about Bill Finger wrote a book about these two, too, about the creators of Superman. Oh, really? And goes into a little story about that. Um, these guys, unfortunately... I don't want to say they died penniless, but did not get compensated very well. There yeah. was so much shady stuff that went on back then in publishing. Like it's crazy. People just stole shit back then. Artists didn't have and had shit no remorse rights. at yeah. all. Like it was people were just ruthless. 
people also didn't have a way to speak out against a lot of it. And speaking out also potentially meant just getting blackballed. So you go from making like the little money you are on something to making no money at all. And you're like, dude, this fucking sucks. But this book is just a perfect example of something that just caught on and just took off. Apparently they put these on the newsstands just because they had this idea for Superman or whatever and they drew it up and put it out and it was it was just it just vanished like and they're like guys this is like something big you know? yeah this is huge you know you equate it to like I was talking about that one SoundCloud kid that put his song up and it had got 50,000 plays in a weekend you know you never know what's going to catch on or be popular yeah it's just it it's almost just all happenstance and just like right place right time and right product yeah there's really the Three, the three rights, and we were talking about it before with Captain Marvel. And but the thing that is about great, super great about Superman, why he stands out so much, is a he was the OG basically as far as superheroes that we know. But so many people have, it's been copied, you know, like, or more or less. You know, I think even Doctor Strange has a lot of Superman vibes. I mean, Red Cape, you know, he can fly. He, you know, has the the, and the blue fit. Yep. You know, it's I, there's, you start seeing these similarities between all these characters, and it's hard to. It's hard it's, to ignore. Yeah, these color combos and stuff that they know works that they're like, yeah, this is our vibe now. Like, literally with Doctor Strange, it's like, oh, he's Superman, but instead of powers from Krypton, he's just magical. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. And You're like, that works. Yeah, that works. I mean, dude, Superman, honestly, to me, is... I feel like he's a man out of time now. Like, Superman just <laughs> yeah. doesn't work anymore, almost. Where people are just not, that's not the what we hope for. Everyone now just wants to be Batman or Tony Stark or you have to have more edge. There has to be something to you that there are people that are just kind of like Superman's just white bread. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just so, he's super OP, so overpowered. But that's one thing that I will give the DC movies credit. Once they brought in Henry Cavill as Superman, they re- it really was it felt real in the sense that like if there was a guy like this, yeah, instantly shut down by the government. <laughs> like, yeah, like 100%. he's too strong because that's how things operate now. Like he would not be if Superman showed up tomorrow, he would not be embraced with open welcomed. arms. Yeah, he would not be welcomed. Yeah, we'd be like whoa, whoa, they'd probably whoa, whoa, try to nuke him. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone would just. If first off, we would be so completely fucked if any even one tenth of well, the DC the universe existed in the real world, we'd be completely fucked. If Superman showed up tomorrow, it would be like because you know how people have to take sides on everything. Do you, oh my god! Do you think Batman or I'm sorry, Superman would be praised by Fox News or shredded? It's one or the other, and then oh, CNN's going to take the opposite side. Yeah, who like what's the sides? Who's going to defend him? Who's going to defend Superman? Which side? Well, we don't really know the feelings of this uh, this spaceman, um, you know, and I think we got to take that into an account. You know, what's he want to be labeled? What's he what's he gendered as? He is a menace. He is taking jobs away from yeah. people who. Uh... My son was going to be a superhero. I guess not anymore. <laughs> well, and then that's also like that show, The Boys. Like you know, superheroes can hurt people. Like the yeah. one dude, A Train kills his girlfriend because he literally just ran right into her oh. and she exploded. Also, like the Flash probably killed, just killed a lot of people. We would, <laughs> the Flash has probably killed a lot of people. Dude, Superman, Batman, just a regular guy, definitely killed a How bunch many of people. buildings go down? They kind of talk about it in the DC movies, but like in Man of Steel, like the battle between him and General Zod. Oh, 
But here's the, the whole city gets leveled. The whole city gets leveled, and then in every Avengers. subsequent movie after that for DC, they always make it a point to be like, all right, well, now we're going to go to the abandoned island <laughs> where Abomination, or, you know, whoever is at. Whatever the fucking guy is, not, it's not Abomination. Uh, well, thank God we're in an open Doomsday. field. Doomsday. Doomsday. Thank God we're in an open field for a hundred miles. And you're like, cool, man. Who gives a fuck? I think, I think that might be time. Um, all right. Let me... We'll close out here and just say thank you for listening. We really appreciate you guys. Um, 400 go, downloads. 400 downloads. Thank you for listening. Patreon.com backslash threads and dreads. Go subscribe. We got a new episode up on there as well. Uh, go get some Fuego Fermentation hot sauce at Fuego Fermentation on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at threads and dreads. And go get some Winchester fucking food this week. Shout Maybe out. grab a beer, dude. It's good. Over in Madison, east side of Lakewood, baby. Hit it up. Uh, this has been Comics Corner. And when we talk to you next, we're going to have a whole new format. So thanks for listening, guys. And stay tuned. Stay tuned. Peace.